Blindcast episode. I think we're on 18 or so. Uh, I have, well, we have a returning guest with us, which was our one of our first guests, um, Taylor Elizondo. Where we have him here tonight. We, uh, what we do tonight? We made some sausage. Mm-hmm. Me and Andrew made some sausage. First time on the sausage vacation at Ducks. Yep. Yeah. It was so, so before much we fun. get into it too much, let's do a quick introduction. Okay. I'm your host, Alex Martin. To my left, I have Andrew Rain. Yep. Yeah, Chris Burt. Chris Burt. Taylor Elizondo. Okay, Taylor Elizondo. So you kind of hear the, our voices before we get rolling this. Yep. But yeah. Yeah, tonight uh, I was talking to Bri, and she said, what are you guys doing? I said, well, we're going to go over to Andrew's house, record a podcast, and partake in making some charcuterie. So you say, make charcuterie. Charcuterie? It's not the art of charcuterie? I don't think sausage is charcuterie. I think you have to. It has to be aged, dried meat. Oh, oh. I got that wrong then. And she but said, she said, "What is what is charcuterie?" And I said, "It well, we're making sausage." And she goes, "Oh dear God, he's gonna kill somebody." <laughs> <laughs> I I I billed it to Callie. Um, I told her that on Monday that we were gonna have a sausage party. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, thinking an invitation to like a sausage fest. Yeah, sausage fest. Yeah. That's, that's what, what we had. That's what I got invited. It was to. good, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> this is the best sausage fest of the week. A sausage <laughs> fest I've had. We we mixed it up and I and we looked it up because this is our first time and it said maybe wait twenty four hours. Oh yeah. But we fried it up right oh, away. Man, that was delicious. It was good. Twenty four hours. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Be better. It was good. And. Um, so, go going back, um, we Taylor and I we decided to bail on YouTube because it was more of a two man job. Yeah. Um, walk us through what type of meat you guys used, how you cut it, what seasoning, and then like what the recommended wait time is before you actually eat the sausage. Is there any th- preparation after you've mixed it all up? So go walk through that real quick. Well, we had a, a bunch of ducks um, in a. How many wide How many a wide pounds? range. Um, Twenty no, it was fourteen pounds. Fourteen pounds of duck. Yeah, because we did. And a wide range of ducks. We had everywhere from mallards to divers in there. Whatever we shot. And um, mixed bag. Mixed bag. Yep, yeah. For sure. And I I had had you know a couple bags. You had a couple bags. Yep. You brought a bag. Not very many. You brought like two well, dresses. I, I set out. Some meat that I had in the freezer that was not marked. I thought it was venison, and I set that out so we could have that tonight too. Okay. It ended up being some duck breast that I didn't label. I'm glad it went in, and we even had hearts yep. in the mix yep. that we dropped in. in. Oh yeah, hearts I, I, I really like hearts, like waterfowl hearts. It was yep. we were gonna fry them. We decided like, nah, it was gonna go in the sausage mix. We Everything goes in the sausage, but so we did the the, the duck, and then. Um, 15 pounds, 14 pounds yeah. of pork shoulder yeah. that I that we cubed up and, and ground. I was going to get pre-ground, but the pre-ground pork was $8 a pound. And the pork shoulder was just 
just over three dollars a pound. So well, I you just have grab a grinder it. now. Yeah. So yeah, it, right. it just makes well, sense. You wouldn't get to use the new toy. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, but that was kind of, wasn't that kind of the whole point of tonight? Was pretty to much. The, pretty much. See if it works. And then we'll put, you'll put it away yeah. for... But you're just you're just highlighting the cost effect. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's significantly that's a, different. Yeah. 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 And we use... But you had to buy a $200 grinder. Yeah. <laughs> over time. We'll see. Over time. It's an investment. And we used... We use Chris's KitchenAid uh, with a dough hook on it to do the mixing. Real quick, I'd like to bring up the fact that, they, like, I'm glad you brought that up about the t- the cost savings oh, of justifying our hobbies. We had three hundred. And how I find myself always doing that with my wife. Yeah. Like, if I get this, and I'll be much more effective and efficient at the hunting aspect of it, and I will reduce costs. When if you actually start looking at it, I don't think no, it really. Three hundred dollars yeah. worth of like big cooking gear plus yeah. the knives and the, the cutting yeah. boards. Mm-hmm. So this sausage, I didn't do the math, but it definitely over twenty dollars a pound. <laughs> 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 I'm guessing it's yep. probably fifty some dollars a pound. At you least. know, you can't put a price plus on the, happiness. No. Plus <laughs> the time it takes. So I'm really glad you got stuff. It's worth it. Three dollars a pound on the pork shoulder. Yeah, we made some in the back end. Yeah. It's an investment, but it's I'm, a, investment. I'm, I, it, it tastes good. really good, and Callie liked it a lot. That's a plus, right? It I think it's good. And I know that your wife won't doesn't really like pork too much. Yeah. She's not a big red meat eater, right? No, she's not a red meat eater. Either. And like I wish, though, because I think she'd eat this if she liked. Oh, she didn't like pork. And we blindfold like, her and make her eat. The woman doesn't like bacon. <laughs> it's all in her head. Got a women head. But I, it turned out great. I think it was it was, it was really awesome. Good. Yep. I mean, we. I think you got the season. So it was about 50-50 on pork. We did fifty-fifty. Yeah, we did fifty-fifty. I got the this the uh, the spice yeah. from a vendor at the Bighorn Show um, that we went to, and I just used that. You know what he said to use per pound and. It was good. So explain what the Bighorn Show is for people that don't know. The Bighorn Show is, I think it goes to quite a few cities, but it is a outdoor show in Spokane. It's basically, what we found was, a, a, like, it was a boat vendor place and also a um, an outfitter. Like, there were a lot of outfitters there. So mm-hmm. Outdoors. Taxidermy outfitters, yep. gear Anything guys, backpacks. There wasn't too many gear guys, though. I don't know. The backpack, the... Backpacks, there's the... What was that cool company that had all the uh, Ruck, different Ruck? attachments for... The fishing the, stuff? The fishing Ruck. gear. Yeah, that was cool. I think there was a lot more than we thought there was. We just kind of walked by it. So, we had a good time. Yeah. We went there. You Brad's, brought... Brad Superbates was there. Superbates yeah, was White there. Elephant. You brought your, your daughter. Yeah, she's kind of in the pack. Yep. Northwest Fishing Report. Yep. That yeah, they were there. Yeah, mm-hmm. we saw the bird biologist guy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you, your buddy the bird biologist. Yeah, Dominic Bachman of Northwest Bird Biologist. He, uh, yeah, that's, that's his podcast. That's right? his podcast. He, he's got an awesome one. That was I awesome. just listened to about sculling, mm-hmm. and I never had really heard of sculling before. So if, if you know what that is, or you want to check out what sculling is, it's a pretty in-depth conversation about how to get into it. Yeah, and it sounds cool. What it's about. He has a cool podcast because. He has a different view on it than a lot of different podcasts. He is pretty much primarily a bird hunter, 
he is a bird biologist and that's what he kind of he takes it from that point of view for all his podcasts yep. he also has a a kennel um that he isn't it batch bay it's Bach, it's bachman bay, bachman bay kennels yeah and he has german wire hair pointers yep. he was getting all the attention from the kids man oh yeah, yeah. we were trying to talk to him and there's just like lines of kids showing up for the pet, dogs. Pet these dogs. Yeah. And I had him talk to Alex for a, a short time. I, cause I, I'm no expert, but I, Alex has been saying I kind of want to draw hair, and I said, well, you should maybe think about not getting one of those dogs and getting a German wire hair instead. So Dominic ended up talking to him for a little bit, and by the time I left, I said, you're gonna get one of those dogs, huh? And I don't know if he was thinking yes or no, but. I might need a little more convincing. I, yeah. I do like the fact that he was talking about the the, the heat that the uh, mm-hmm. the German wire hair can kind of endure the the hotter weather. And mm-hmm. we hunt early season; it's real hot over here. Mm-hmm. And we're a draw hearth, or they they tend to fatigue a little bit more mm-hmm. in the heat. They're a bigger dog, so I don't know. I'm yeah. not sold either way on them. I just yeah. I'm learning more about upland dogs. Mm-hmm. I had a lab. You guys have duck dogs and mm-hmm. it'd be it'd be cool to have a, an upland dog i do like the idea of the upland dog more and more yeah i it's think pretty cool in the future i'll probably have one of his dogs i like yeah. i like that they're a smaller dog they're like yeah, they were, he was saying if you want one you better plan you better three plan years three, yeah was two to three, three years oh my god i told him that i was like oh i, I want to not have them for the hunting this fall hunting season and maybe yeah. for the next one he's like well you need to start planning now yep. to get your puppy picked yep. to come out at you know the right time they're just they're in that high of a demand and there's not high. as many breeders like you can that pick up a, you can pick yeah. up a lab anytime yeah it's a small circle so like gotcha. he, he knew of a bunch of other breeder breeders for the draw heart and and the uh wow. german short hair and stuff this is a big waiting list then and yeah. his dog is just not that many too. So like one female, how many can you really have? Two litters a year, up to Which eight. Eight, up to eight. Wow. Up to in a whelp. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So sixteen at the most for a whole year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pushing it. Yeah. So that, but that I mean that's one female. But how did he have a couple females? I, I don't mm, know I how many so. breeding females he runs. Um, I'm not sure. You, I mean. Hopefully we can have him on and talk to him about it. Or we'll go on his podcast. Yeah, I think he was Where's down he, for doing yeah, a podcast. So, but, uh, yeah, it'd be fun to cover some more of the uh, Upland Dogs with him because he's, he's, he seems to know what he's talking about and he's got a lot of experience on it. Yeah. Um, so going back to... Um, how do we even get on that topic? <laughs> yeah. kind of kept going we're talking about the that. show, the trade show. Yeah, we're the trade talking show. You picked up your yeah. mix at the trade show. Yeah. Mixed it up tonight. Mixed it up, and it was good. It was good. We used... We made 24 pounds. We used, um, like I was saying, your KitchenAid uh, dough hook yep. to mix it up, and uh, we got... I got a whole cooler full. We're going yep. we're gonna to send some home with Taylor, and and um, late, maybe later in the year, we'll put it into sausage links. I think that'll be really Because right now, we just have bulk sausage. Yeah. But... the links would be... I tell cool. you what, it was darn good tonight. It was really good. We, we had... Um, Alex brought some sockeye that he had caught this year to add to the wild game meal, and it was surf awesome. And, surf and turf. Surf and turf and air. Egg. 
an egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, we had egg too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you count duck as surf or is it? Uh, oh, that's not, it's aviation. Yeah. Kinda, I mean, it's I mean, kind of no. It's in the water. I don't know. It's kind of that's a. I'll say turf, but not. Cause it, I don't know. Chicken before uh, the egg. I think one thing's for sure, though. <laughs> we have a lot of protein. Yeah. <laughs> we have protein pack. Yeah. Is there protein in cheesecake? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. We got some cheesecake uh, from my brother, and. We all, um, I mean, I couldn't finish it. Did you finish it? No. I, I, I finished mine. I finished mine. Okay. Chris the real man finished. finished. The, uh, <laughs> the youngest in the crew here ended up snarfing it down. Uh, yeah. That'd be good tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be feeling that tomorrow. Yeah. Chris. Probably won't. Chris will be fine. The, I'll be all right. The wild game in you is going to like empower you. and it's not even, You're not going to feel yeah. anything. Yeah, nothing. You're just going to feel, you're going to finish <laughs> all your projects tomorrow. Yep. Probably. All your drafting <clears throat> done. Probably. <laughs> so, I guess talking about wild game uh, here in the States, I'm trying to... So, the place that Taylor recently visited, they don't have any wild game, right? Not, not It's wild, native. but it's not any native. native game. As far as I can tell, no, they don't. So, I was in a... I just got done. I, I did a backpacking trip in South Island of New Zealand. Um, so before we get too far into that, walk yeah. us through. I'm curious on the process of actually getting yeah to getting New there. Oh sure sure. So um, start from, start from the inland northwest. Yeah. Do you want me to start with like how I decided to go there? No. Yeah, you can just, be real brief on that. Like yeah. why you picked yeah. the South Island of New Zealand. So and. I mean, you guys know this. I'm not. You know, I'm just kind of getting into hunting. But before that, you know, I really found an appreciation for backpacking just being out in the woods um and so i've done a lot of the northwest and the west actually down in california um i've racked up quite a few trips and i hadn't really been out inside of the country so i decided i wanted to go somewhere great um and i have some friends in australia incidentally uh so i kind of was looking at the southern hemisphere so i decided on new zealand um and this sounds stupid but i literally googled hardest hikes in New Zealand and that's what I did I did this about a year ago and uh it sparked my interest so I sifted through them and I decided on one called the Dusky Track and I'll get into more of that later if you guys have questions for it but essentially what I did I did a ton of research I ended up going down with uh my friend Mike um who I I coach para-athletics with and you know we've known each other for a few years now we played rugby briefly together and uh so I ended up going down with him um and I guess the process first, I mean, aside from all the research I did on the hike and how to get there, um, you know, getting there was, you know, just booking the plane tickets, honestly. So, uh, we flew from Spokane to LA. We had a 12 hour layover in LA. Ouch. So on top of your passport, did you have to get a travel visa or did you get any shots or? No. So what's interesting is, um. And I'll get to this a bit later, but we had to get a visa to get into Australia, but not to New Zealand. Oh, really? Uh, shots, no, because they're... And, you know, I'm not a world traveler. I could be more or less wrong on this, but... You they're, are. They're developed... <laughs> well, from New Zealand. Not, not, a, not a seasoned, not a seasoned world traveler. I've been to Canada. Yeah, so there were no, there were no, uh, there were no like, immunization requirements to get into New Zealand or Australia. Um, and I'd imagine it's just because they're developed countries and they have clean water systems and 
things like that. They're they're less, not less mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah, they're not um, third world countries yeah. essentially. But um, so yeah, so we started the trip off at twelve hour layover in L.A. Mike has a cousin there, so we explored L.A. with him for a day. You know, went to some beaches, went and saw the Hollywood sign. You know, it was kind of cool and. I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of LA, if we're going to be honest here. <laughs> I mean, I was ready to leave. Um, so we got out of there, um, and then we had a 14 hour flight to, uh, Brisbane, Australia, where we connected. And then we went, we landed in Christchurch, uh, New 14 Zealand. hours? 14 hours. So I was a 14 hour flight. That was the longest flight of my life so far. Um, what was the movie? A lot of movies. <laughs> a lot of movies. <laughs> Um, I actually ended up watching a lot of documentaries, a lot of sports documentaries. Those always hook me. I mean, I'm mm. a... Oh, you just watch them on your phone? They no, no, no. They, they, have, they have Wi-Fi on the flight. You pay like 20 bucks for the whole flight. Oh, and you shoot. get Wi-Fi. But, but you don't have to. They've got TVs in the back of the I'll seats. Say, did your seat have a TV? Yeah, yeah seat had a TV. They had that, yeah. yeah. Do you ever, yeah. when you're on a flight and you're having this uh, pretty easy experience, I mean, you, you have service, you have... Uh, tv yeah and then you look out your window and there's just like water oh yeah i mean I, is there a point where you have to almost just tune back into the tv and forget what you're actually doing yeah and i think you know me alex we sometimes think pretty similarly yeah. <laughs> on those things and yeah you're definitely you're you're sitting there you're comfortable they serve you three meals on these long flights yeah. you've got service you've got bathrooms drinks. it's pretty pretty room you've got drinks um we were we flew virgin australia and I've flown wonderful, before. yeah. It, it is nice. Wonderful flight, yeah. Um, I'd recommend them for anybody. Um, yeah, and you're pretty comfortable. You're watching. You're on your third I mean, movie in. You're navigating across the ocean. Yeah. And you're not like trying to like stay, yeah. you know, healthy from scurvy or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So you're so just hanging out. What honestly yeah. baffled me was I was never near a window seat on the way there or the way back. So mm -hmm. I was kind of in the middle, and you look. <laughs> at your prompter and you can you can hit a thing on that tv it's a mm -hmm. touch screen to see your in-flight progress where you're at as this plane and all there is is blue around it you're like we're nowhere and you start yeah <laughs> and you start zooming out of that map and you, you kind of don't realize how far away you are from home yeah. and you're like oh my gosh there's nothing there's nothing around here you're you're over the the ocean you know like mm -hmm. if something happened you're just done <laughs> you know and so those thoughts definitely hit my head considering there were like I think well over 200. Oh. Oh. <laughs> a little, I just, uh, that'll be a nice sound effect. A little drink spill here. <laughs> here Not goes. to take away from the New Zealand trip. Have yeah. you ever done that before? I'm sure I have. <laughs> you got a hole in your hand? I guess. Man. Andrew just dropped a, a glass of whiskey, whiskey on, on <laughs> And everyone. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh, well. I'll have to take a shower before we <laughs> So, anyway, on the... On so you're the heading flight. over there on the flight. Yeah, yeah. And so we connect in Brisbane, and we have, I think, an hour layover, two hours, something like that. And then we uh, we fly over into Christchurch, where we were projected to land. So we had... We had a couple days to get down to the start point of our hike, so it's an eight-hour drive from Christchurch to where we're actually starting the hike. What's um, that, what side of the island? The, so this is the southern island. This is the southern is there island. Names to these islands, like so Hawaii's got. You know, I looked at that. Is Christchurch the name of the island? No, That's Christchurch not... is the city. Oh. And so oh. what, so really quickly, what's interesting and and you know I could be hmm. wrong. I just looked into it, but the only thing I found was North Island, South Island, New Zealand. 
yeah, and that's Hawaii. And, and that's what everybody referred it to as well. Yeah, it's not mm. like Hawaii where you have a name for every island. Um, well, the the majority of the population is on the North Island, and Auckland's the the big city there. It's it's over a million people. Well, what I found in the South Island and just googling things was that Christchurch and um, Queenstown, those are the two biggest cities on the South Island. They're only around three hundred thousand people. So they're about the size of Spokane. Oh, uh, pretty small. They're pretty small, yeah. So there's, um, I think there's just over a million people total on the South Island. So yeah, it's a so pretty... I, was, I read that New Zealand is like in the bottom 10 uh, for population for countries. Yeah, they're... It's like 4 million or something. I believe total. it. Total. Um, going through that South Island, it's a lot of agriculture. Um, you know, the, the, all the rumors you see about sheep in New Zealand are true. There's a lot of sheep. Uh, they farm a lot of red deer down there as well. And then just a lot of crops. And so it's a really temperate place. Um, it's, it's similar to like West, you know what, Northwest weather. So like Seattle weather. Do you know what longitude weather. it's on? I don't. Not off the top of my head. You do have this big map behind you though. We might be able I'm to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I know it's down near. It's like 45 or something. Antarctica. Because there's an island off the South Island that you can see penguins at. There's really? pen- yeah, there's penguins there. We didn't wow. go see it, but... So it's below Australia, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. It's like 45. that island up to the... Oh, island yeah, yeah. Right? That map right, right there. there. Yeah. Right here, Andrew. Yeah. So no. I'm trying to see... Yeah, it's doing? pretty much on the same... It's close to the same meridian as the U.S. Okay. South. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So, this <laughs> empty. Um, but yeah, so it's a really interesting place. So I, I fell in love with it because I, you know, I grew up in a small town in Oregon and just all the agriculture down there. It was beautiful down there. It was and it was, um, was it summer or fall when you were down there? Well, end of their summer, so beginning of their fall, yeah. however you want to phrase it, right? So um, we got rained on a lot down there, and it was probably 50 to 60 <clears throat> degrees between mm-hmm. and then probably 40 30 at night um, perfect hiking weather yeah sort of i haven't gotten into the oh, hike yet okay. yeah <laughs> that was, uh, that's a whole different animal because we went down to the fjord lands on the very southern end of the island so fjord lands are those so cliffs cliffs and inlets is that what that means i believe so yeah yeah for the most part i mean we you know we hit some things there but um just to kind of get the trip going like so so mike and i we coach for a paralympic program here in spokane so we got connected to go to the olympic training center there Will you just tell it like for paralympics is oh yeah so yeah so paralympic sport um it's so first of all there's it's not special olympics i know they clump it a lot together but it's for mm-hmm. athletes with physical impairments um so um you know you have everything from amputations cerebral palsy um little people um, kind of the whole, any, any kind of physical impairment you'd have. So I coach for a program here and so does Mike. So we got connected to go to the Olympic and Paralympic training center down in New Zealand. So that's what we're going to do with our first day. And that's what we ended up doing. The problem was they lost, or they don't say lost. They say mishandled. They mishandled our luggage in Brisbane. So we get off this plane and we had nothing on us. Mm. We had all our gear packed up and we were planning to just shop after the hike for clothes to wear when we went to Sydney afterwards. So we were really living out of our packs, and um, so we didn't have our luggage. So we, we, we ended up going to the Paralympic Center um, in the clothes we traveled almost 20 hours <laughs> that day. So it wasn't a great Stinky. Yeah. Stinky, yeah. <laughs> so we ended up getting our luggage the next day, but then we had to book it down 
through the South Island, drive through night, and kind of, we ended up in a town called Lumsden. Did you rent a car? Yep, we rented a car, yep. Is Lumsden kind of in the southern end? Yep, way southern end, um, right, it's about, I think it was about an hour and a half before the Fjordlands, and it was the only town we could find an Airbnb in to stay that night, and so that's why we decided, so it's past Queenstown, south of Queenstown, so we ended up staying there, um, getting in really late at night and basically what happened was two drunk people let us into the airbnb we never met the host <laughs> we, uh, it was across from some bar we and never they paid they said the new yeah they, <laughs> they they said they knew the owner and they drove up and they just they happened to have a key and they let us in said you guys are in room five and the owner was named melanie and there was a three guys that let us in so <laughs> you think he was like set up. <laughs> we were worried, but we really didn't have a choice at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and it was probably it was midnight, and we had to be up by four to go drive down to the to the boat launch. Well, to where we got for, picked for up ferry? For, the, for the hike. Yeah, and so oh, well. well, we got picked up by bus first, then to ferry. So I'll kind of lead into all that, I guess. But so it was quite the adventure getting down yeah. there. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Blindcast. We're going to take a quick break. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take a second and look at what's on top of your head. Is it an old, crusty ball cap? If it is, you need to upgrade right now. I want you to take a break. I want you to go to PaloosePrairie.com, and I want you to look at all their hat selection. And I not only want you to upgrade, I want you to upgrade at a discount. So our friends at Palouse Prairie gave us a sweet promotion, 20% off your first purchase. That's 20% off your entire purchase and all you got to do is at checkout, enter in promotion code, code BLINDCAST. So go right now, buy yourself a, a nice fresh ball cap, and then come back and we'll finish the podcast. So it was quite the adventure getting down yeah. there. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So once you got there, it was probably pretty obvious that you guys weren't from there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you, how was, how was that received or did you feel so... What I felt anyway, and nobody had a problem with it, um, it seemed to me. So New Zealand went through this massive earthquake in 2011. Mm-hmm. So the city of Christchurch is beautiful because it's all rebuilt. I mean, it's a beautiful yeah. little city. Um, and they, I saw a lot of ads for them recruiting jobs for, for jobs for foreigners to fill in. They're trying to get people into their country. That's mm-hmm. That was my impression anyway. And we had no trouble. They loved seeing us they loved americans they loved anybody we saw a lot of foreigners down there too we were really well received everybody down there was really friendly um you know they talk about canadian hospitality up there up here um new zealand hospitality is that times 10 i mean and i'm not even kidding Mm. they those people were so friendly and uh it was a real genuine friendly too um we, like kind of shocking. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up staying in Christchurch. We had to find a last minute Airbnb because our um, our luggage was gone, mm-hmm. and we stayed on the in a tiny home on this farm. That's what we ended up with. And the lady had made us fresh bread oh, wow. for the morning Fun. in the Airbnb. And then this is just really quickly on our way back up from the hike at my, four in the morning. No, no. So this was this was the day before oh. we got our luggage. Back. Four is not early for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, she had to make bread. So, so, so let me, yeah, let me backtrack. Make this more. So we landed in Christchurch. Our luggage was lost. It was probably two in the afternoon. We're, we have a rental. We have nothing on us. We're like, we got to find an Airbnb to stay in. So we find this Airbnb, and it's a tiny home there. And um, there was fresh made bread for us when we got there. It was awesome. And chickens, or not chickens, eggs from the chickens that were on the farm. Delicious. Chickens from the eggs? Yeah. 
don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah, what, what came first, I guess. <laughs> so, um, but just to just to skip ahead on our way back up through Christchurch from the hike, we couldn't stop talking about that bread. So I messaged this lady through the Airbnb app and said, we'd like to buy some bread from you. And she said, don't worry about it. She left a loaf of this bread with fresh eggs in her mailbox, swung by, we grabbed this Oh my gosh. It was amazing. And then two days before that, after our hike, we stayed at another Airbnb in in the town of Bush, New Zealand, this tiny, tiny coastal town. It's beautiful. There's probably like 2,000 people there. And I saw a lot of vegetation. (laughs) What's that? Not a lot of vegetation in bush? Uh, yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's all tropical. <laughs> it's all green and tropical. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a terrible joke. We'll let it out. Yeah. <laughs> really down with Yeah. And so, uh, and Chris is the dad. That's the funny thing. I have a good joke. Yeah. yeah. Hmm? Have you heard of the new movie, Constipation? <laughs> Hasn't come out yet. Yeah, and just to not to skip around too much, but after the hike, we're in Bush, New Zealand, we stay at this Airbnb, and there's red deer farms everywhere, so it stroke, uh, hit my curiosity, so I asked the guy hosting, tells me about it the day before, well, as we're leaving, the lady brings us fresh veggies from her garden, and this guy comes out with a big roast yeah. of red deer. Mm. frozen just says here you go they just gave it to us on our way already cooked nope yeah so we had to cook it yeah so but we found a place to grill it and everything and that's we, cool yeah it was awesome so the did you just of it is people were fabulous down there yeah. they were so kind so <laughs> before we move on yeah you've had venison from idaho and washington yeah yeah is there was there much of a difference between red deer and whitetail or mule deer like what did right. you taste so this red deer, you can tell it was farmed. Okay. There was not that gamey flavor to it. It was, or was it more like elk. Mm, I'd say more. I feel probably, like they, they look more like. It's elk. probably I don't know what the meat would. Well, be. it's actually probably closer to elk, but it, you can tell it's farmed. The gamey flavor mm. doesn't exist in this. You, you know what I mean? And so, and, and what I ended up learning is if you've ever had venison in a restaurant. It's likely from New Zealand, mm-hmm. and that's what the guy mm. told me. And I, I was fascinated by it. I had no idea. And he actually said it's hard to come by red deer in that country because they export most of it. Really? Yeah. yeah so we felt very privileged yeah, to have mm-hmm. this red deer. And so this yeah, this even magnitudes generous. the kindness of these people. And he just said, "We're not going to eat it. We have too much of it." And just, I, it was just amazing. So. I was also reading about the red deer um, for farming in New Zealand. That you know that. Um, like the the supplement that some people take the uh the, the deer antler supplement. oh yeah yeah they get that from the red deer oh okay. uh, because their antlers are so heavy and wide and they, they cut you, them. You, you they cut them uh-huh. off before they're you know they've gotten big or as after they've gotten big but before they start to uh like you know rub because yep. they want that velvet and that is where that that yeah yeah. Oh, comes and we would actually yeah. see that a lot. We'd see deer walking around with just like nubs. Yeah, just, just nubs. Stumps. And you were like, oh, so that, thank you. Came, yeah. You brought yeah. that full circle. We had no idea. That's what <laughs> that's from. Yeah. They we put thought, it in pill form. Put it in pill yeah, form the, or like protein powder. And it's supposed to be like a testosterone supplement. Hmm. Huh. I've like, heard of that supplement before. Yeah. your milk. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Deer horn hard. 
deer in horror. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So anyway, just that's just the kindness of the people. But. Yeah, that's that's pretty. I mean, all those things that the does sound like. Amazing. It's like, I don't know how many times I've been to Airbnb and they're like, hey, clean when you leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is no problem. I mean, it, it was just crazy. So the, going back to your initial question that started all this, like, I felt we were really well received in in New Zealand. Uh, Sydney is a city of 5 million people. I don't think anybody cared that <laughs> we were there. There were so many different people there. It yeah. didn't matter. Yeah. So. so on your hike, since this is like... Well, this is still pre-hike, right? Oh. Or are we building up to it? We're yeah, yeah, it's still pre-hike. I mean, oh, pre-hike. pre-hike. Yeah, yeah. Okay, keep going then. Oh, you want to keep going? Okay. I want to take. I want to hear about the hike. And like, yeah, okay. Since this is a hunting podcast, I definitely want to know like what kind of what kind of like game sure, or sure, yeah. animals, whatever you saw like yeah, that. Yeah, so just on the drive there, obviously, like, you know, I think I was, we were talking earlier tonight about the stoats mm-hmm. that, that people saw, and you corrected me. I With thought the it tea. Was, yeah, with right, the T. Well, the I was tea. saying Stokes with yeah. the K, and Andrew corrected me, and it's Stokes. Stokes. And, we... and he was like, no. Yeah, I disagreed. <laughs> I was like, I swear, but I think they're, you know, and no, we looked it up. It's Stokes. So, yeah. S-T-O-A-T-S. Well, I don't know the spelling, but... Oh, that's what I saw. It ends with a T. Yeah, it ends with a T. Apparently, you do. Yeah, yeah. So that was fascinating. So explain, explain what this animal is. So this animal, it, it's a weasel. It looks like a weasel. It's mm-hmm. like a big ferret. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah big ferret. Big, yeah. It's part big of the weasel, weasel family. And um, the history of it, um, you know, I looked up the history, but I didn't know how to spell it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the, the history of it um, was... Did you get the right history? <laughs> well, now now I'm wondering, though. No, because I looked it up in the kitchen after. Uh, I, yeah, totally yeah. stoked. Yeah, so, <laughs> so they, brought it, they brought it in to reduce the hair and the um, rat and mouse population in New Zealand. Which you were saying were, they were... Um, they were, uh, what's it called? They were brought in. They were brought in, yeah. yeah. And and I looked a little more. Um, I, I was actually I saw a thing introduced. on introduced. Thank you. That's introduced. The word I was yeah, for. I saw a thing on New Zealand, and it was actually interesting the agricultural side. So the Polynesians initially came in, and I think it. Don't quote me on this, but I think they farmed out. I think fifty to sixty percent of the island. So just, you know destroyed the island to farm it out the polynesians initially then the europeans came in and then that number jumped to 70 to 80 percent so they removed the natural habitat to farm yes and so the department of conversation conservation there has been making a push to kind of regrow new zealand Mm. and i think they've gained like 10 percent back over the last few years do you know how they're doing that because i'm guessing that it's mostly private land I, I don't know. I Are could, they buying back, or is it getting turned over to the government? Or I would imagine getting turned over to the government. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. A lot I, of that's happening in South America right now. A lot of big oh okay. Big they're they're not rich. selling back, but they're letting their game management. They're they're letting their land be managed by the government. So I thought there was oh, like some wealthy individuals that are going down there and actually turning lands back over to the local mm. government. I could be wrong. Yeah, that's just something yeah. uh, kind of a hearsay that I've heard. Yeah, I I couldn't I could assume some things about New but Zealand, something like that but I just where they're trying to something. reclaim and restore New Zealand yes. back to its natural state. And they've state. been successful, kind of like the U.S. like the CRP grass and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine it's something like that, and I'm sure there's its own politics behind it too right you know and um, so what is the climate down there it's temperate it's very mild i mean it's between i don't think it drops below the high 30s most of the year um 
there's 12 ski mountains there so they've got elevation where it snows but um Hmm. (laughs) it rarely snows kind of where people live and it's it's like a like seattle or living in yeah it's like western washington yeah you watch lord of the rings (laughs) (laughs) you know what it looks like (laughs) so it was interesting but anyway back to these stoats they were brought in to kind of reduce the vermin population and it ended up backfiring and there was these meteor flightless birds running around so the stoats just started eating them so now there's a big crisis of this flightless bird population being reduced. And Not just the flightless one, but also just the regular ground nesting birds. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you're correct. And then, and then, so it's interesting because you actually see stoat traps everywhere. You know, you're, you're walking along some, like, tourist trail and there's stoat traps. There's these boxes. And I couldn't figure out what they were for a while. And finally somebody told me because I was really looking at hard. And so I was like, that's a stoat trap. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so they're, they're trapping these things um, like at a... I'd I'd assume federal level. (laughs) Yeah, do you know if there's a bounty on them or anything? Uh, No, I don't know that. I bet there's some sort of bounty bounty camp. Yeah, Yeah. I'd imagine. But they're everywhere. I mean, they're shooting across everywhere. Um, How cool would that be to move to New Zealand and make a living (laughs) trapping stoat? Let's do it. And as as, as far as the animals there, because there's not, like, I mean, there's red deer farms everywhere, but the birds we saw were magnificent just like the bird the different birds there and mm-hmm. i couldn't tell you what they're all called but they were colorful they had beautiful sounds and they were just everywhere and then as we got into the hike that's really all we pretty much saw was a bunch of birds i mean mm-hmm. for what the i thought part. was interesting that does not exist on this island or does not live on here on, on new zealand what would, what would you think of like one one animal species that would not live on the island that wouldn't live there it yeah. does no, it, that doesn't live there, but you thought it seemed that would live on a temperate island. Well, you're talking about snakes, right? Snakes. Right. Yeah. There's no snakes. No well, snakes. snakes don't regularly uh, live on islands because they can't swim there. I'm just saying. They're like <laughs> the Ireland of the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. No snakes. The Pied huh. Piper. Right. Well, that's cool. I don't like snakes. Yeah, which was actually kind of nice, and one of the reasons I picked New Zealand to go hike, because you really don't have to worry about a lot. But how yeah. come there's, like, Komodo dragons on... Komodo? It's, Komodo. Not, it's not a snake. It's an island, though. It swims. It's like... There's no... Snakes other... swim? No, no, yeah. no. There's... Snakes do not live on islands. Like, throughout... The... Is there snakes in Hawaii? Yeah. There's got... I think so, right? Australia? I don't think so. Well, Australia. Australia, Australia has the not... most deadly snakes. Australia is well, an island. Australia is the size of the U.S. Well, I guess it's like North America could be an island. It's massive. I don't know what the definition is. <laughs> like, wait, I was like, we, we can't go from Hawaii to Australia, calling Australia an island. But I think, like, I'm as a, a whole, like, as an island goes, there's no snakes there. Like, I don't know. Like, that's... Unless like, they've been brought in. Yeah, but I think those stoats would and every, munch every those animal mofos right up. You would think, right? Every animal on this island has been introduced, so I'm just surprised that snakes didn't Nobody inside. wants snakes on yeah. their island. I don't like snakes. I don't know. Like, who's going to bring a snake over? People from Florida? Yeah, true. Well, they don't like them. That's, that's why they get rid of them. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't know. It, it, I was surprised to learn that. It, was just, it seems like a pretty, like, moderate Maybe they take care of the stoat know. problem. Maybe they would. You there let you go. Pythons <laughs> loose, the stoats yeah. are gone. I do, there you go. <laughs> I do know there's no big predator there. Huh. Like, there's just stoat. I was reading, the I was chain, reading I at one point that one of the bigger predators there was, like, really 
massive birds that the uh, that the oh. native the uh, the the islanders that lived there they hunted them to extinction but they they were the really? the like the big thing They're that the were living there wow really <laughs> like like bigger than eagles kind of birds like, like ostrich like ostrich yeah. wow size kind of birds holy cow and flying they, no ground right. birds oh okay <laughs> that'd be scary. like run, they had big big flying <laughs> Big birds, and they 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 hunted them to extinction. Which you know, I guess maybe they were easy to kill. They tasted good. I mean, yeah, probably had a lot of meat on them. Probably had a lot of meat on them. Why not? Because I didn't really see anything there that had a lot of meat on it, other than the deer and the sheep. Yeah. And I know there's. I I think they have some. I feel like they have bighorn oh. sheep up in the mountains for some reason. I feel like that's a thing there too. I don't know. Maybe, but that got introduced too as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, I mean. As far as the animals go, like, birds were amazing. I know you can hunt there. There's different deer there, species of deer, but, of course, all introduced. Pigs. They got those little pigs. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just an interesting island, so. And you walked the whole trail. You didn't do any kind of driving, like, in between, like, your walk? No, no. So, it was, um. And how many days did you do? So, we, the, the dusky track takes eight to ten days. And we did it in five. And I don't say that to be like, we did it in five. Like, we Do did your it own in five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got really lucky with the weather. And when I get into the oh. dynamics of this area, it, we got very lucky with the weather. Um, so let me start with how we got there, I guess. So we leave we leave Lumsden really early in the morning. And we have to get to this place um, called the View Street Park. And uh, I actually forgot the name of the town it was in. But um, below the hill of this parking lot are so the beginning of the fjordlands and there's all these lakes just spanning out all the way until you get into the ocean right and so you look down and there's these tour ships taking tourists out to cruise these lakes and to get off and kind of have like short little bus tours and everything but never actually getting into the fjordlands never like penetrating the fjordlands just kind of on the periphery of it um so we're parked above that and we're like waiting junior high yeah <laughs> And we're, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. That was great. <laughs> Took a second. <laughs> yeah, I got you. And so, uh, by, so we get there, and we get picked up by this bus. And there's probably three other hikers there. So I was told by the lady at the DOC, because you, you have to do a letter of intent that you're going to be in this area. Mm-hmm. So to give you some context, the, the Dusky Track is noted as one of the hardest hikes in New Zealand without having to ice climb or have any mountaineering gear mm. uh, or, like, rock climbing gear. So are there glaciers on in New Zealand? I don't know. I'd imagine. I don't know. Because, like, there's volcanoes and... Mm-hmm. That I don't know. I mean, I would say maybe, but, you know, I'm being recorded right now, and I don't want to... Well, just... I had written down glaciation, but that's not... That could have been... Yeah, that could, that's like kind of the process. I know there's, I know the fjordlands are evidence of that glacial stuff. movement, like historically that went. Yeah, I mean that's what like, I was reading. Yeah. It was more of yeah formed by glaciers. Yeah, because I I was reading about the area and it was all carved out by glaciers and then kind of peppered these fjordlands here yeah. on the on the outside. So yeah, so it was interesting. But um, so we get in this bus. There's three other people there. One guy's from Dallas, Texas. One guy's from Colorado, but he'd been living in New Zealand last year, him and his wife. And then the other guy's from Germany. And we were told about 200 people go through this area a year, so it's not very well not, traveled. Yeah, well, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so you're told to bring a compass and a map. No um, GPS? They just went... 
No, it was on Compass and Map. Oh, by the way, the Compass and Map, this guy told me before our podcast the Compass is switched. That's what they, yeah, yeah. Which the, is crazy. Yeah. To even, I didn't even think about that. So your bearing south is our north. Um, it was interesting. It was really weird. That would mess me up. I just bought one down there. Yeah. Because they were telling me about it on the and I was like, I'm just going to buy one down here. I don't want to be confused. You can change the polarity of your compass. You cannot change the polarity. You can change your heading. You can change the dial. dial. No, you can. You take you... another magnet and you run over it and the dot, like your needle will really? switch directions. Oh, really? Hmm? That's some Bill Nye stuff. I did it because I messed up. My, my nephew had a compass and I was messing with the magnet and I, I'm like, this thing is pointing south. And I I messed with the polarities and I run the, ran the magnet back the other way because I was messing with the compass being like oh this is how it works huh. it's magnetic trying to teach him well you that's know? cool that you and I flipped that. the pol- yeah. polarity of that needle yeah. that's crazy huh. it was a cheaper compass it yeah. was like just like the I think I gave you one yeah of those. you gave me one too <laughs> that's <laughs> right that's some Bill Nye so make sure we got, we got lost one <laughs> so yeah so don't carry any magnets on you on a regular basis well, just yeah, you can't you can actually you, you can retrack them right you can like you mean you can huh. re um, repolarize, repolarize it. it. Yeah, mess your buddy up doing that. Hey, crazy. There you go. There you well, go, buddy. Yeah. Good luck. See you <laughs> never. So what the what, what they do? Yeah, yeah. Good luck. That's fine. Yeah, so what they've done for navigation though is they put these orange pylons in the area and they have to helicopter people in. So there's no formal trails cut or mm-hmm. anything. Um, so, so way I'm, less developed than like the PCT. Yes, it, yeah. way less developed. Like. You, we, we Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah. yeah. It runs from... Mexico to Canada, right? Mexico yeah. to Canada. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cascade Mountain. Really famous trail. Yeah. Like, um, but, uh, so anyway, like, it's just not well-traveled. And so we had to bring this beacon in where basically if if stuff really happened to where we needed help, it, we'd flip it up and it hones into any GPS system in the world and an emergency helicopter comes in. So, it's kind of nice you don't have to worry about, like, grizzly bears or anything. Well, yeah, and so that, that was kind of... Cougars. PCT, that worked. You do, yeah. yeah, and that was back to my comment of, like, this is why I chose New Zealand. Like, <laughs> it, you know, it was a good first... Everybody speaks English, yeah. <laughs> and... There's no big predators to worry about, you yeah, know. It's first it's international hiking. Everybody's travel. serving you food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was just a perk. I didn't know that. So, so anyway, so we get in this um, bus, and then we get transported to. Actually, I have a picture. We get transported to this dinky pickup, and I got to pull this up because I, I I really want. So, do they not have big pickups? No. I got, they I had saw, the Toyota Helix this. was their the biggest Toyota pickup, Helix is which such is a, a beautiful cool truck. Truck, it's like and they don't in between either. sizes and diesel, but our oh, really? our um, emissions don't let them in here. Yeah. Um, they're really cool. They have, them in, uh, they have them in Australia too. I want one. New they're Zealand so... has the highest um, vehicle to person per population in like the For, world. Really? Like, yeah, like more huh. people own vehicles there. Hmm. Okay. In any other country. So, on this bus, we get transported to this pickup here, right? Mm-hmm. And it's got bench seats running parallel cool. to the truck. And so now we're all facing each other. These it's like someone chopped up a yeah. 80, 88 Toyota in a Suburban. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And so this lady is driving it, and now it's it's Mike, myself, and then these three other guys we don't know all facing each other now. They and got we, a boat on there. Yeah, so I'm getting to that. I'm getting to the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, sorry. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so uh, 
so we're all facing each other. No one's really said anything because we don't know each other, you know. So all of a sudden this looming feeling goes because nobody knows why the heck we're in this tiny pickup. Because you had to buy this ticket to get on this boat that Alex already saw. Mm-hmm. So, like, Let's so see. then we, uh, so all of a sudden we start leaving the fjordlands a little bit and now we're on farmland. And now we're going into this farm. And now there's a gate. And the lady has to get out and open it. And now there's a pickup in this, or uh, not a pickup, a boat in this barn. <laughs> We're all looking at each other like, what's going on? And it's this dingy little tuna can boat, right? Like, I mean, you can kind of see some of it in that picture. Like, it's yep. nothing special. So we're backing up in this barn, and they hitch it up. We're on a farm. There's animals. <laughs> there's people everywhere. And then we take off to, with this boat hitch, and it's another, like, 20 minutes, and we get to the lake. So the lake we have to get boated in on is called Lake Haraku. And Lake Haraku in Maori, I guess, means storm. And so this is an interesting lake. So it's one of the deepest lakes in New Zealand, if not the deepest. Um, and they have ocean-like storms occur in this lake. Mm-hmm. It's like Rock Lake. Yeah. And so this boat, ha- caught out there this boat has a deep V on it. Mm-hmm. So when we get on, she has to place us so it's equal with yeah. all the packs and everything. Gotcha. So we have to be equal on the boat. And so we're all sitting Heavy there. Keel. Yeah, yeah, and so we're all sitting there going, okay, we're about to begin the trip. It's an hour ride to the drop-off point. And then, (laughs) floods the engine. We'd all hear it, and we all look at each other like, "Uh uh-oh. So, wait a little longer, floods the engine. This lady turns and goes, her and her husband, I guess, run this Y'all better start rowing. Yeah, Yeah, they only only operate like Mondays and Thursdays. Something like that, and they run people off to drop them off to this trail. It's one of their side jobs, and they themselves own a farm. And this is what I've gathered from just like talking to her, you know. And um, she's like, "We just got a new engine in this, and I keep flooding it." So we're sitting there waiting to launch for like thirty minutes while she's trying to figure this engine out. So she finally figures it out, kicks on, and we start screaming across this lake. And again, we've chatted with each other a little bit, but now the boat's so loud, none of us are talking to each other. And it's kind of a cloudy, rainy day. But the water's like glass, so we're lucky in that aspect of mm-hmm. it. And then we shoot out, and then we take a turn, and then it's just water and these mountains just shooting out above you. I mean, I can't even describe this. It's just these mountains, and you just kind of get this weird, isolated feeling all of a sudden. And no one's talking. You only hear the sound of the boat, and you're just you're starting to kind of close in. These mountains are just kind of closing in on you like the further you get back into this place. It's crazy. So you're just looking around, and then you start looking at the vegetation and the growth and the rock formations in these mountains, and you go, how the hell am I going to hike through this? <laughs> you start asking yourself. One foot at a time. One foot at a <laughs> yeah. time. So, I mean, I didn't take any pictures. So Mike brought his camera and, like, his GoPro and everything. He's got more pictures. Than I. I've got some to supplement this talk, but he's got more than I do. So he took some video of this place. Just this ominous feeling. Mm-hmm. And none of us had done this track before, so we're all kind of looking at each other like, wow, we're alone in here. Like, you just get this feeling of, like, no one's here to help us. Because they just kicked you off the boat? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we get there, and they pull in, and she goes, it's Thursday, so down there. And she goes, all right, if you guys don't like it, I'll be back Monday. There's a hut about 500 meters up ahead. You can stay in that until Monday. So backtracking a little bit on this track, what they've done is they've helicoptered in huts every... Hmm. I don't know, probably seven miles, seven to ten miles so or so. So you didn't have to bring tents? No tents, yeah. Oh. So these huts are maintained by the DOC, but they helicopter them in. DOC? 
uh, Department of Conservation. Sorry. And so, so that is a nice aspect. So we've got a hut as a landmark every time we go. Yeah. And so we get off, um, we get off the boat, and instantly we figure out what sandflies are. Oh yeah. Mm. Yep. Have you guys experienced sandflies? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if they're the same sandflies he's experienced, but these things are swarming, biting. You know, we got our mm. rain jackets on and. Um, we brought gators because this this hike promises need a waist deep mud for the majority of it while you're going through the valleys. The majority, yeah. Mud? And so, so you go through. Sounds fun. Yeah. So this is a this is an 84 kilometer trek. Oh There's three valley systems and two mountain systems. How many miles is that? 60 yeah. miles. Okay. 60 miles. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so it's it's 60 miles. So you got three valleys and then oh. two mountain systems jutting up here. And so, what they tell you in these valleys is like, yeah, you can be in need of waist deep mud well, any time of the year. So, we have gators on. So, we had to stop this hut, fend off sandflies, and we're all getting our gators on. Nobody's talking to each other because we're all pissed off because we're getting eaten up by sandflies. And this is kind of the crew. So, I know this guy named Todd, the one who had just moved there and gotten a citizenship from Colorado... He plans to do the track in four days, and that's kind of the record. No one's done it sooner than four days. And he looks like a fit go-getter hiker. He packed real light, so he just takes off. And then the other two guys are with the guy from Dallas and Germany. You know, Mike and I were like, we're, we're trying for six. We're trying for six days, six to eight days. That's what we planned for. Um, and they're like, we're planning for we're planning for nine, nine to ten. So we're like, we're pretty much hiking with these guys then. Um, so we get going, we start hiking with them and everything. And, uh, we had a terrible first day because of that first night. Uh, we, we only got like four hours of sleep and, you know, Mike started cramping up right off the bat on the hike. Um, he had his camera gear and we, we, it was hard. We had to kind of get it fastened just right. And it was a constant battle throughout the hike. And along with that and cramping up, you know, the first part of the hike, I'm like, oh my gosh, we got. This guy's we got, a wuss. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. No, no injustice to Mike. It wasn't just him. I was exhausted too. You know what I mean? But, uh, but uh, physically, you were fine. I wasn't cramping up like Mike. <laughs> I know for a fact what Alex and Chris would be thinking. I'd be, it'd take me eight days. These guys would be back at the yeah. bar. Hey, where you at? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm, you know, Mike and I both are trying to keep good spirits, but I know in the back of both of our heads, we're like, oh, what the hell do we just get ourselves into? Like, this But is... you can't go back to the beach because all the sand flew. Yeah, we can't. There's nowhere to stay. <laughs> and yeah, we, we hit need a wasty mud right off the bat. Oh so you're gosh. trekking through that. So you're hiking about seven hours a day in this. And wow. so we're trekking through that, and we make it to the first hut, and like... Mike's like, I'm cramping like crazy. So we, we sit down that night and we, we develop a game plan to keep up on the cramping. Did you bring like salt? Like salt Yeah, we have electrolyte tab. Uh, we use noon tablets. Gotcha. You've heard of those? Yeah. Like, love those. Uh, they're just like, I mean, they're like B vitamin electrolyte tablets that you jump in. Some of them have caffeine in them. Um, I'll bring the ones with caffeine for during the day because I kind of like the little kick. Um, Mike had some that were just like the B vitamins and things like that. Um, so we had all that. The other thing we packed, which I'd never went backpacking with, are MREs. Oh, yeah. Mm. Those taste like crap. Actually, they taste pretty good, and they have a lot of calories in them. They do. But I'm never, I'm going to say this on your podcast, I'm never backpacking with MREs again. They're not not worth the wait. When we went and I hiked with you? Yeah. 
Did you guys yeah. have MREs? Remember yeah. We went backpacking behind. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had we had trout. Oh, that's then, right. That's we did right. have a one. We had one that yeah. I brought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but you didn't have eight days worth. No, no, we, we no. stayed oh, for a day one. and a they're half. Huge. Well, we broke down the boxes and just took the packets out. So they, the oh. volume wasn't big, but they're dense. They have all the water in them. <clears throat> yeah. So they were heavy. So our, yeah. our meal bag itself probably weighed 20 to 25 pounds. bring, like, American MREs from all the yeah. way from the U.S. to the yeah. New Zealand? Yeah, Mike got them. Uh, I think he, he ordered them on Amazon or something mm. before our trip. So we broke down the boxes and what, put them in there. Uh, what were your flavors? What were your meals? Oh. For our military listeners. So let me start with everything tasted good at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) But some of my favorites were probably like Santa Fe chicken and rice. That's a really good one. And then they have like a black bean kind of mix too. Black bean and rice kind of mix. Those were pretty good. And then any pasta kind of thing was delicious because it tasted like SpaghettiOs. Like it it just all tasted like SpaghettiOs. So it was delicious. Um... Ones I'll never. Uh, I had a beef, a jalapeno beef patty. Oh. I've heard that that is really not good. That's a no go. That's a hard no go. It was awful. And what's gonna make you guys quick. cringe is I had that one for breakfast one day. Oh. So that was an uh, all day event. Did Mike hike behind you that you day? To kept, it's coming out hot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like we were burning so many calories. There was there was nothing. Just ate. There was no energy to fart. Gotcha. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't waste those calories. Can't waste those calories. <laughs> you just couldn't. We can't, aff- we can't afford a terrible. Yeah, night. yeah. So we make it to the first hut the first night, and it was right before our first summit. So the total elevation gain between the two peaks is twelve thousand five hundred feet. So. We're climbing. Yeah. Yeah. So each peak's about a little over a thousand meters, which is around three to four thousand feet up. So pretty steep climbs coming down. Um, A lot of just like bouldering. So like getting from rock to rock. What do your packs weigh when you're doing this? Uh, So we weighed them. Mine was about 40, 45 pounds, and Mike's was about the same. And as you're consuming the meals, they just lighten up a little bit. Yeah, a lot. And we almost had incentive to eat early. So. I don't know what Mike did, but I ate a ton early in the hike just to reduce oh. the pack weight. And I will never, I'll never backpack like that again. Like I would go out on a two, three day trip with MREs, but I'll never do a long trip like that with MREs because oh, really? it's not worth the pack weight. It just murders you. Yeah. Did, did so you, what would you do for, for food then? Yeah. More of a gathering type approach to it? Like, no, I do like dry. freeze dried foods. Well, it's just a lot, a lot wider. Yeah, I do the freeze dry too, and I bring calorie dense foods like you know a jar of peanut butter, salami, brick of cheese. Those are all lighter than like a bunch of MREs, mm. so, and they're and they're really calorie. I like dense the freeze dried stuff. I do too, and the thing is too, on a hike down there in the fjordlands, there was plenty of water, so sometimes you're limited on freeze dried foods. Cause what I, kind of I, um, purifier did you bring? Did you bring out like a pump or? A... So I did bring a pump. Um, we didn't end up needing it. So hmm. what outside of each hut? were um these rain bins oh just collected rainwater and they had tasting so good delicious i'm super jealous and you know they kind of (laughs) recommend that you filter it out but we didn't and it was delicious i have a thing like in the summertime i'll bring my purifier and like like kelly and i go on a hike Uh and i'll 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 always like purify an algae and put it in the refrigerator it's like a reminder of where we were and I'm jealous. Of, I haven't had that. Yeah, before. and so it was great. So we we each had enough camel packs to just reload at a hut. So 
what I do when I hike, I plan for three liters on a full day of hiking of water I'm going to consume while I'm hiking. You missed your metric over here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm an yeah. exercise physiologist. <laughs> so yeah, like, so I plan for three liters. Um, Which is. And, Oh, oh, metric system, yeah. Duh. Well, but even, even like, you go buy a military camel pack, it's three liters. <clears throat> I don't know how many ounces that is. Should we Google that? Well, a liter of cola. Everybody knows. <laughs> everybody, uh, everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, three liters to ounces is 100 ounces, 101 ounces, 101.442 ounces. That's what Google's telling me. Wow. So does that make it easier to put it? Yeah. Like, does it? Because like, if you told me 100 ounces, like, I would know what you're talking like about. eight beers. <laughs> there we go. You actually have a good point. <laughs> Two more and six packs. So I'd bring eight beers worth of water. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we found our common... <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'd plan on eight beers worth of water. <laughs> and then I had another camel pack, but what happened was this German guy lost his water container during the hike at some point so i gave him my extra camel pack nice and then i had this other bladder that i had so and an algae so i was like all right here you go so i gave him that so three liters during the day and then at every hut you could just fill up and use as much water as you want because it was these huge tanks instead of Mm -hmm. the huts um and so that was that was that made things a lot easier because you didn't have to strategize for water because i've been on hikes before where i thought there was going to be water and there wasn't water and that's actually when shit hits the fan yeah no kidding and yeah. it's bad and yeah. i've been on hikes that are less days like four or five day hikes where you're kind of your oh, whole yeah. intent is finding water you stop enjoying the hike and everything and the whole strategy is just where's water gonna be because i've gone to areas where the creeks have dried up that year and it wasn't flowing as expected and everything like that so this was actually really nice it took a whole nother element out of the hike mm-hmm. to have that water um but yeah so anyway we went through it um and we were coming down um, a couple days into it. Uh, we decided, probably two or three days. I journaled everything. So what I like to do, um, I journal every hike, actually. So at the end of the day, I, I usually write my reflections on the hike. And I write, and it's kind of dorky, I know. But I, and then I write how many hours hiked, how many miles. And then what we had crossing were wire bridges. We had to cross these three-tier wire bridges. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I got, I got a picture of those um, at river crossing. So I would actually just note how many wire bridges we would cross that day. So they kind of look like that. So I got a picture of Mike crossing one there. So, uh, Quick question, because I know in a lot of U.S. Um, hikes mm-hmm. that you have to kind of like, you know, put in for, mm-hmm. you have to pack your own poo so what did you do with your bathroom so here's the nice thing about the huts that house that house by every hut so i didn't fortunately have to shit during the hike or poo ever well not during the hiking hiking not during the hiking yeah not not for (laughs) with mres no 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 Uh, (laughs) neither did mike so when we got there we would kind of unload you know and do all that so yeah but um unload yeah exactly (laughs) Well, that's, that's nice that there's a bathroom there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, when I was going with the journals, I'm kind of kicking myself because I actually have, I should have brought it tonight because I have every metric of like how many hours we hiked, how many miles for each day. So I'm kind of kicking myself not bringing that, but you know, it's okay. Like I'll give you a rough. So like on the third day in, we decided there was a, the second valley system is the most prone to flooding. So 
you get over this mountain and you come down and there's a lake that they instruct you to look at. And what they've done is they've gone in and they've put these wooden pillars with points on them in the lake. And here's the range. If you can see two, the valley's flooded and you can't pass. If you could see 30, it's okay to pass. So your range is 2 to 30. So you don't know, like, <laughs> and that's wow. the instructions you get. So basically we're coming down and we're, we saw a bunch and we're like, well, we can, we can hike it. And we were both feeling excellent that day. And we were like, let's do two legs. Let's do two legs today. So we get to the hut and the other two guys unload and we're like, well, we'll see you guys. So we end up hiking about 12 to 13 hours that day long hike so we actually get to the hut that we're destined to at night in the dark mm. and we go in on another party and it's of um three people good looking uh <laughs> i mean when you're backpacking you start really <laughs> niching out populations, especially when you're backpacking like that so yeah. uh so there's another a couple from germany so there's actually four people and then a guy from poland so oh. the, the guy from poland's a physician who lives in New Zealand, is a New Zealand resident. Hmm. Um, the guy from Germany is a, a very famous photographer, and we found out later he'd just sold a piece to the city of Sydney to, like, hang cool. up and everything. Cool. And then his girlfriend, or wife, we couldn't figure out which one, but there were a couple. And then there was one guy there with a knee wrapped up, and the story we got on him is he was from Israel, and he had hurt his knee earlier than that hike, and when they got to the hut, he said he had been there for about two days hmm. trying to... Heal up. Heal up. Yeah, but he left early that the next morning, and we got in at like 10 o'clock at night, so everybody's sitting around like playing cards, talking. Mike and I come in, just exhausted, and we unload there and start getting to kind of know everybody. Was but. there, um, like as I had asked earlier, these huts, is there cots? like? Oh, so they're like bunks. Bunks. Yeah, and so they've got mattresses that are like little twin mattresses and plastic. Gotcha. So you didn't have to bring any bedding? Or, you can, yeah, I mean, sleeping, that's, a, that's yeah, a lot. No, that's a lot, yeah. So sleeping bag. Brought a yeah. sleeping bag and a little air roll-up pillow, you know, that yeah. you blow oh, into. That's nice. That's what, what was the, like, the average temperature like during the night? And then, I would say at night it got down to the 40s probably. Oh, degrees bad. or Celsius? Degrees. Degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a fair question. Yeah. And then, uh, but I think 40 Celsius is pretty hot. And then during the day, I don't think it got hotter than probably high 60s, 70s, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depended if the sun was out or not. So we were covered in cloud most of the time. It's pretty good travel. Weather, rain to hike. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. We got rained on a ton. We were we were never dry during this hike. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we were wet the whole time. Mike actually got pretty bad blisters on his. Oh. Yeah, I'm throwing Mike under the bus. I, I yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I said, like all these nothing problems. ever happened to me. No, no, no. Something did happen to me. I fell when we were oh. climbing up a peak. I, I actually fell physically rolled and my nose hit a rock and I had a huge cut on the bridge of my nose and I was I was bleeding everywhere. Hmm, it kind so of helped your looks a little bit. I think so. Yeah, I think it made me look a little more rugged. So yeah, yeah. yeah. make hair. Yeah, yeah. Street cred. So did you get that hiking? I, I, I New Zealand. Like, you but know, I actually fell. But it's because I it's because I fell. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a life alert fall too. It was just like I couldn't do hell, anything. About it. <laughs> <laughs> I had my pack on and everything. It was bad. Mike was, I think, legitimately worried because I, I fell quite a distance down. Yeah, yeah he was like, are, like I, he was like, oh, it's a little scary. Yeah, like, yeah, it was scary for me too. <laughs> so, anyway, so we get through that, and it's just real technical hiking. But yeah, we ended up doing two legs in one day. Um, 
getting through there. Need a waste heat mud, never really changes. Uh, the terrain change is insane though. So like, I'll show you some pictures. One minute, like, first mountain scene, you think you're in eastern Washington. And I'll show you why. So, is it pretty I mean, dry in a lot of places? Yeah, oh, so yeah. look at that. You oh, yeah. I feel like you're outside of yeah. Ellensburg. Yeah, it looks like Basically. George. Yeah. So um, like... Just, I mean... Yeah. And there's these high, like, kind of alpine lakes up there from all the mm -hmm. rain falling and everything. Yeah. This, Looks like Grand Coulee. Yeah. This is actually the picture I'm most proud of, incidentally. Very proud yeah. of that photo. That's yeah. really yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so... What kind of fish are in there? You think they find them, like, the mm, same kind of flies think, we would use? I don't think anything in that lake. Because it's up there. It's an mm. alpine lake. Alpine lakes have fish. They have fish. I don't know about there. But I don't know I don't about... Know. Don't if they have to stock them? If there's a stream... Oh, there was no stream. Good These were fish. just little plotted lakes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there might be something in there. <laughs> I don't know. We were we were worried on other, about other things. Yeah, I'm worried about it. So just to show you kind of the changes. So you think you're outside of Ellensburg, and then here's my selfie with the cut on my nose. But that's honestly like, and then you're in that. That's beautiful. I know. Yeah. Uh, you're wow. like in the jungle. Yeah, totally different. So this is a good. So that's the Look first. Snakes. Yeah, and so that's the first peak that we. <laughs> That we climbed and came down, and that's the second valley system. So we're these about, are steep peaks. We're about to yeah. ascent. Yeah. So are you going up to the top? These are these like going up to the top and down. Old, yeah. Like mountainy hills that we have no. around here that are nice and slow. No, slow. these were that's made it. by some violent volcanic activity. Yeah. And is there a fault? Is there like a like, is that what they call a fault line? No, no, it's a what are those called? Like, like tonics? Like What's a, a fault line? Is that a fault line? Yeah. yeah. Is there one like right there? Well, I'd imagine because of that massive earthquake yeah. in 2011. Yeah. I don't know about right there. Isn't that there. why there's so much activity in um, Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're riding a fault line. Okay. Yeah. And so I was thinking of electricity. So that was like what's crazy. <laughs> what's crazy about this? I'm glad you brought that up actually because. You go through this high grassland, steep mountains coming down, right? And then now you're in this jungle, and you're climbing up this rooted mountain face. And you're literally grabbing on roots and hoisting yourself up, climbing that. And all of a sudden, I look, there's a massive block of quartz up there. Hmm. Quartz. Yeah. like For gold. Yeah, insane. But you think about that. It's this moist, temperate environment, but there is volcanic activity mm -hmm hot enough pressurized enough to produce quartz sticking out the face of this yeah. like mountain so i don't know it, i kind of nerded out on that i was like yeah, that is amazing cool. that's amazing i don't know where else did you guys use any like rope systems complex rope systems when you were bouldering or was it just enough just, where you could just climb? yeah and that's why i tried to kind of differentiate like it's the hardest hike in new zealand without having to have that mm -hmm. stuff because i'm not experienced in that stuff and neither is mike and so yeah so it was just our hands and feet and everything um there were a couple places where there were some chains kind of hooked into some sides where you had to okay. climb okay. up chains and nice. descend down on chains and things like that so chains yeah hmm. chains they're just kind of hooked into some rocks weird. there yeah but i mean um the trails there's not a trail really you're following but there's these pylons and i took a picture of this i actually thought of you guys because i wanted to describe this to you like that's the trail where yeah, where's the trail? <laughs> so, so it's just that thick bush you're that's whacking through. That's the town through. of bush. Yeah, that's the town of bush. There you go. <laughs> and so what, what there are, though, there's these orange pylons that, you know, somebody has come in and nailed the trees or mm. hooked into rocks. And so you know you're on the right track. But we did get turned around a couple times. And I think there are deer up there because I don't know 
we would get fooled and follow mm. some path that looked like it had been walked on. Or game mm. trail. And it would lead trail. us almost nowhere, yeah. So there's some kind of game up there. I know there is. Um, Probably like Red Stag or something. Yeah, and we would follow it and go, holy cow, we're not even, you know, look at our comfort, like, we're not even heading the right direction. We have to backtrack and go back and everything. But for the most part, we, we navigated okay. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of insane. And so I don't take too much time. I just want to wrap up the end of this hike which was, it's kind of a funny story, so. Oh, well, we have plenty of time. Oh, we do? Oh, great. Oh, yeah, worry about it. Awesome. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you get through this hike, and so you come up your last mountain, go down last valley system. And so when you're reading about this hike, it says that you're, you're going to come to the end of it, and you're going to hit a service road. And then you follow the service road for about another, I don't know, a couple miles, and then you hit docks, and that's your return there so first let me show you the ticket for your return trip back so this is given to you when the first people pick you up this is your ticket you go handwritten it's a piece of white lined paper and well, it does have a code on it's, it's got a purchase it's, number on it uh yeah and it's got a stamp and so it's kind of funny but but you're going into so it rains 220 days out of the year in this area. Oh, that's a wet piece. <laughs> this white piece of paper, <laughs> and it says Taylor times two. So it could be like whoever made it out with me gets to go, <laughs> you know. And so, so we, yeah, the other one's a couple days back. Yeah. So it's really surreal. So this whole hike, you're not really like. You know, you can go for a walk around here and kind of look around and everything. The whole hike, you're looking down, you're watching your footing, you're climbing. When you get to the peak of these mountains, you really have time to appreciate it. But while you're hiking, you really don't. And you're covered in jungle, too, so you don't, you can't really look around. It's kind of claustrophobic mm -hmm. sometimes. And so um, so if you ever did anything like this, go with someone you get along with really well. So A lot of time together. Yeah, so Mike and I, you know, we get along really well we did all right still? together yeah we still get along we just awesome. had beers last night we're still friends <laughs> and so but uh yeah and so i mean we um so we get to the end of this hike and we pop up and sure enough there's a service road but it feels weird you know you get on this road and you start walking you're just walking and it just feels so strange. And you're just walking on this road, and you're like, what is this doing here? Like, yeah. does this road not realize where we just came from? Mm -hmm. Like, how dare it? Like, <laughs> why is it here? Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're having one of the most, like, uh, yeah. existential, like, yeah, there's, like, intense. epic experience of being yeah. in the nature, and it's yeah. just like, you're out there by yourself, and yet someone, some guy that just yeah. got done having lunch was grading the yeah. road yeah to go. yeah <laughs> you know? and so and so here's some more insult to injury like you're you're walking on this and what i what i like about backpacking is actually the alone part like you're alone with nature it's spiritual if you want to make it that way like you're just by yourself and you got to figure it out right you gotta you can't really mm. go anywhere and so you're walking along this road and all of a sudden the tour bus, one of those large tour buses that holds about 50 oh, people, no. passes you, and you go, what? At this point, I had to pull out the map, but yeah, there's service roads that just hit kind of the entry points of this island. Gotcha. Right? <laughs> um, not island, but this part of the Ford lands anyway, so you're like, okay, another another tour bus passes. So Mike and I are walking the side of this road. We're cut up. I've got blood on my face. Dirty. Fly diet, dirty, and people are just glued to the window. <laughs> watching looking at us as we walk by 
so you walk far enough and you do get to these docks um and there's these double-decker tour ferries it's massive lining up and they're picking these people up and it's the people you know classic vacationers right Mm -hmm. Shorts, button-up shirts, camera stuff. Yeah, (laughs) looking good. Selfies everywhere. Like, you were instantly... I would go on this hike again. It's the most beautiful place I've ever been. But you, at the end of it, you were instantly, like, impacted by people again. And Mm -hmm. not just people, but society again. You're not eased in. You're not eased into it. Like, you got people taking selfies, posing, like, full-service bar on the ferry, which is actually pretty nice. (laughs) (laughs) But, like... You, you get up there and you're like, what, where am I? Like, what just happened? Did I just do that hike? Like, is someone yanking my chain? Like, <laughs> is Disneyland on the other side of this? Like, you know? Um, and so you get down and there's these ferries and um, you go up to, there's these ladies counting the people getting on the ferries. You give her your ticket. And she sees us with our packs and she goes, did you just get off the dusky trail? And you go, yeah. And they all go, ooh, I'm glad you made it. Because people get stuck in there, get helicoptered out all the time. It's dangerous. She goes, glad you made it. How many days did you do? And we told her five. She goes, wow, good job. (laughs) And it turns out the guy that went before us ended up probably doing it in four, you know, because we never saw him again. Um, And uh, she said, well, these boats run every hour till four o'clock. And it was probably like, it was probably like noon or one or so when we got in. And she goes, capacity is 150 people. If there's enough room, we'll let you guys on. If not, you got to wait an hour here. And we're like, all right. So sounds good. So we're sitting there. She clicks it. 147 people are on the boat. <laughs> so we barely get on. You know, what's room no. for one more to spare. Yeah. And so we take our packs off. And she says, there's coffee in there. You guys, it's free for you. Have as much coffee. There's a full service bar. So we're like, great. So I go get a coffee. And we quickly realized we can't really hang out inside because we smell terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're, we're outside drinking our coffee while this boat's gone. It's like a two-hour boat ride back to where we where our car's parked. And um, I go, hey, Mike, like, I, I had some New Zealand cash. I happen to have it in, like, a dry bag that I kept. I was like, hey, man, look, I got, I got like, 20 bucks cash here. You want to get a beer? He's like, yeah. So we <laughs> went over and we got a beer and we're drinking it out on the deck just, like, really really milking it yeah, it just tastes so most satisfying two hands <laughs> and we got the surreal well I did anyway I, I can't speak for Mike but you get the surreal feeling because you're you're on this boat full of people you got a beer in your hand you're in your pack stuff you're dirty still there's blood bites everything on you and you're leaving yeah. the fjordlands and you got this view out there and you're just kind of going wow like I just saw things nobody on this boat saw mm-hmm. they paid more money than me Mm-hmm. to get on this boat to take that tour to have someone squawk at them for who knows how yeah. long tell them fun facts and they know more fun facts than me but holy cow like I was in that yeah, like yeah, I it's I, kind I, of funny you say that that by them paying more than you they've cheapened the experience that's what I yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah that's a good way to put it because and I, I'm not trying to be elitist to be like I'm better than them for it no that's just because that's what they're into and that's what they want but it's a weird feeling to go, wow, I literally paid $5 a day to be in there. Mm-hmm. Five New Zealand dollars, which is like three fifty yard dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's around there. And I, I just feel like I can I can tell them things about that area that this tour guide can't. And it's just different, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's, that's cool. And so we've got people, and it's an older crowd, you know, of course. Because that's, you know, I'm sure when I'm old I'll be paying for things like that, you know? It's kind of a life cycle, right? And mm-hmm. Mike and I are sitting out there, and people... 
this couple comes and just goes, did you guys do the dusky track? You know, they kind of knew and we're like, yeah. And instantly that's where that whole connection came because they wanted to hear all about that. Mm. They just wanted to hear all about that. They wanted to hear how hard it was, how difficult it was, how beautiful it so was. So how much did you charge them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just what I'm trying to say. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's just interesting because like you had to earn that and it yeah. wasn't fun the whole time. No, it was miserable sometimes. Right. Yeah. But you just earn that experience in a very like real way with your blood, with your sweat, with your moments of hopelessness, with everything. And you did it with a friend. Right. So now you're like, wow, we did that together. And then what everybody paid good money to be on, they don't, they don't, they want to hear your story. They're not telling you about the tour that they went mm-hmm. on. And when you ask them about it, they cheapen it themselves. So, you know, I, so what was you, what did you guys do on the, oh, they just told us some facts about the area and this and that. And then mm-hmm. they want to go back to questions for you. It was just interesting. Like, that's why that sausage tastes good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So kind of just bringing it full circle to yeah. that. Like, anyways, I think like you said, the, that's why, um, we go out and do hunting and things like that is that you get that little bit of misery and it makes it that much better yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know it's just some of the best stories we've had has been some of the most uncomfortable you know, yeah times but you're Terrible going those time. are the ones you remember yeah and it's fun to share those i'm i'm really glad that you you came over tonight and we we recorded this because it's um you can tell that, that you really appreciated the opportunity to go over there and, it, and it, it, you probably have a better perspective and outlook on that experience and that culture than like you said someone that went there and just rode a bus around sure so it's yeah. um <clears throat> yeah i really appreciate you yeah, sharing that yeah no i appreciate you guys having me on um and you know i kind of last fall i decided i wanted to try some bird hunting and really unsuccessful at it you know so i have two turkey tags now coming up for this year so you know but i think it all kind of comes full circle because i enjoy experiencing that and then I think it's it can get to the point where like the food I want to eat, I want to experience that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that food you made tonight was delicious. Yeah. But I didn't earn that. You gave that to me, so thank you. Right. <laughs> like there's something about that too. Being able to <laughs> yeah, one, um, provide food for yourself, but mm-hmm. two, when you get to share it with friends and and yeah. family and people that don't do that or haven't done that, and so like like you said, you're kind of excited to go out and harvest a, yeah. a turkey this year. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you say, like, there's those times you fail miserably and everything, mm-hmm. but there's a fine line between comedy and tragedy, and the lines always blur. Mm-hmm. You can listen to any comedian in the world, and there's that fine line in misery and tragedy and comedy, right? But all my experiences trying to duck hunt last year, trying to turkey hunt, trying to go up on bird hunting, not knowing the area, just going out there and seeing what happens, failing, 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 I don't regret any of it, you know, like I'm sitting here going, I failed miserably, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of funny and you only fail if you don't learn anything from it. Right. It's, it's far more rewarding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like salmon fishing or whatever is it. The longer you postpone the reward, the greater it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, when we're, when we're fishing for rainbows and it's just one after another, like it's a lot of fun. But when we're out trolling for, mm-hmm. you know, 10 plus hours mm-hmm. in 100 to 106 degree weather, mm-hmm. and you finally get that 
you know, 20, 20 pound rainbow or twenty pound chinook on. I experienced this, so I don't. Yeah, Sixteen pound <laughs> chinook. It's rewarding. Yeah. It's like that. That peak, like the, it was miserable and boring and all the all the above. But once you you get that high of achieving your goal, yeah, it's 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 not you can't forget it. No, and you can't you can't take away what I saw, what I felt, what I breathed in, right? And mm-hmm. it, I don't know. It's just one of those things. There's this wasn't my best hike either. As far as like how I got through it, it was mm-hmm. hard. It was the hardest hike I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. It was the best hike in a sense of this is the most beautiful hike I've ever been on, but. I didn't own this hike like I've spanked other hikes before. Like, I've hit other hikes and just trolled through it, conquered it, done, you know? This was a challenging hike for both Mike and myself. And there's times in it for sure, and I'm sure if you asked him where your head's down, you've fallen four times, you've tripped over a root, you'd step in mud and then be in roots in the bottom of the mud and have to dig your foot out of that, right? Mm -hmm. There's those times where you're like, why am I here right now? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Is it one of those places that's so beautiful and it so- sounds like somewhat undiscovered just because of the, maybe how challenging it is? Do you think that there's a worry that it could someday be loved to death? Meaning that, like, we, we, we've had that happen to us before. It's like, you find a really cool spot that mm-hmm. you think secluded and that next year or yeah. a couple years later, it's like, there's more people that yeah. know about this than should. Mm-hmm. And humans tend to kind of wreck things like mm-hmm. that it sounds like they do a good job of making it safe having the huts there having the yeah. fresh water but yet it's still not a place that you can really love yeah. to death it's interesting because i always think of those things i mean you like it was there ever a time when you were out there and you're like i shouldn't be here like this place is almost too special for me to yeah be here yeah and that's been on several like hikes i've been on right where you're like wow like it really puts the world in perspective you're, you're like why am I, why, you're almost to the point, like, this, this habitat allowed me to pass. It wasn't me passing through it. There's, like, it was a good day. You talk <laughs> about that love to death. In, in the States, we, you have, um, for instance, Taylor went on a, a hike in the Enchantments um, mm-hmm. two years ago. Mm, probably three, three, three years ago at this point, uh, yeah. And that is a wilderness area that you have to, to um, put in to get a permit to, hike to draw in. for it and mm. to stay uh, the night in. and really? yeah. that's also on the in the um uh to raft the real grand you have to put in to do that there's there's places that you that are mm. so beautiful that mm. so everybody wants to go to that our government and or whatever agency has said you know okay we Everybody wants to be here, but to keep it pristine what it and what it is and what it should be, yeah. we're going to allow this many people in mm-hmm. with these uh, stipulations mm-hmm. to be able to go in and we'll be able to keep it this way. Yeah. And it sounds like, like you were saying, New Zealand, you said the DOC. Yeah. They it sound like they have a pretty good run on that place at least i don't know much about it and actually it's interesting because when we're talking um the last party we were kind of part of um they were great because it was interesting because we were with people younger than us and then we were with people older than us it was it was great conversation both ends Mm because you kind of see different perspectives but the uh (coughs) the germans we were talking to said that there's a Great Walk series in New Zealand. The Dusky Track's not part of that, but the, like the Milford Sound is part of that, and there's a few others. And 
they said they did the Great Walk series, and they were like, they're like, you, they looked at us both, Mike and I, and said, you two would not like that. And I go, why? And they go, they're, because you like this. That's what he said. It was interesting. It doesn't make him right or anything, but like, it was really interesting. It was profound what he said. He said, because you like this, you're out here. And we didn't like that because there's so many people. Mm-hmm. There's so many people. You feel like you're just walking with tourists. It's like getting to Camp Muir on Rainier. Yeah. There's so many people, but once you get to Camp Muir, there's not a bunch of people. Yeah, and I actually compare it. So I did a hike a few years ago. You know, you were of Half Dome in uh, yeah. Northern California. Yeah. yeah. Half Dome. Famous, it's the North Face yeah. logo. Yeah. So that no. hike. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking you know about. the North Face logo. I don't know what the North Face logo is. It's half. based off Half Dome. It's this giant rock formation, mm. so you can climb up to the top of it. I guess I never... So I actually did that with a good friend a few years ago, and um, it was interesting because I'd never been down there, and she was from that area, and she said, "Hey, there's thousands of people that do this every every day." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Every day?" She goes, "Yeah." She said, "We're gonna <clears> leave at midnight." I'm like, what? So we're going to leave at midnight. We're going to go by headlight. We're going to get up there when the sun comes up. And so I was like, all right, that sounds crazy. Let's do that. So we go by headlight and we hike and we get to the top of Half Dome with probably a half hour left before the sun comes up. Boulder through the dark. Didn't see a soul. We saw one other person up there. And we saw the sun come up, right? So you're on top of this giant rock Mm -hmm. formation. The sun comes up. You're like, wow. And you're all by yourselves up there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you start coming down and you see what they're talking about. Droves of people coming up, right? And so I think if I would have went during the day, that would have cheapened the experience oh, totally. of being on top of Half Dome. But how many people started at midnight and got up there when the sun yeah. came up? So you, I you feel like there's kind of cater your experience. There's areas that. here, yeah, you have to find that, you know? That's why we get up yeah. early to go duck hunting exactly. and get there first. Yeah. Well, super early. We went up to um, Banff this last summer in oh. Lake Louise. Yeah, I've still never been up there. Bryce up telling there. me about it and it so I I looked up some photos and I'm like this is going to be an amazing, you know, place. Mm-hmm. And there's a glacier right above it um and then you get there and there's just people everywhere. And it's kind of like, "Oh, this is Yellowstone." <laughs> this is like there yeah. this is Yellowstone and it yeah, it, it just it cheapens it a little bit, but if like I said, if you would have got up there first light or something, and you were you were way up in there, or you just like kind of found a moment of isolation. Mm-hmm. It would make it a little bit better. Yeah. And you, when you talk like this, you always run the risk of sounding like an elitist, right? Like, oh, not everybody can do that. But you're at the same time, you're like, that's the point. I don't want to be everybody in that crowd at Yellowstone. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's the point. So if you have a desire to do that, I'm not saying nobody. I'm not saying don't do it. But you have to have some mustard to get up and do that stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, or when you do, when you go do it, make it memorable. Yeah. Because there, there, you can make the mistake of, of cheapening the experience. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not it's not the risk of sounding elitist because you're like no one else can do that. It's just more like it kind of self selects those experiences. It just naturally self selects people who hunt. I guess it, more or less that. I want to encourage doing something like that because those are the ones I remember. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And, yeah, and I'm sorry, and I don't mean like discouraging people. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like I would encourage anybody to do that. But at the same time, I, I just know it's not for everybody. It mm-hmm. can't be for everybody because those are the things that not everybody experiences. Well, I don't know <laughs> if I really want it to be for everybody. So it's like um, 
sometimes, like, Chris and I will have this conversation a lot of times at work. People are really into sports. Mm-hmm. Like, all over the United States, people are really into football. People mm-hmm. are really into the basketball. Football, March right? Madness. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know what? If if a football season keeps half the people out of, out of the woods when yeah. it's hunting season, yeah. I guess I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm I'm way into sports. I do brackets yeah. for March Madness, mm-hmm. but... I can always look at the scores later. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. a basketball game is a basketball yeah, game. That's what I do. But well, one of the best times we have, we were talking you know, about... Always, you'll be out in the duck line and it's going... Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> 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 you know. got to keep up with the score. Fantasy football, you got to keep up on it, okay? No. I mean, yeah. it's great. I mean, you remember that hike we did, St. Yeah. Regis area? That was cool. I talk about that sometimes and nobody... A lot of people don't know what I'm talking about. That's a, and that was really looking back on it, it was a very easy hike. But very the, easy. the element that made it hard was the snow. Yeah. Oh, we haven't talked about this hike with you. No, it was a pretty good one. It was a good hike, but the the snow made it really tough. <laughs> well, <laughs> as soon as we hit that snow, I wasn't it was only three snow, miles to the lake. So yeah, it wasn't far at all. Um, no. Saint, it was Saint Regis Lake, right? Mm-hmm. And there was an upper and a lower, and we take off Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. We get there. We figured it was getting dark around nine ish, probably. Yeah. 8.39, and so we had a, an hour or two to, to a hike, mm. and we thought we could make it to the lake, or at least a long ways, a good, yeah. know, a good ways up there, mm-hmm. and we ran into snow pretty quick, and we kind of were trying but, to follow the... But deep snow. Yeah, we're trying yeah. to follow this <laughs> creek bottom, and it just disappears into like, just under mm-hmm. the snow, and um, we're like, okay, well, it's getting dark. We better find a place to camp. And we're in the valley, so it's going to get pretty cold. I fall through the snow at one point. And you're like holding me. Up. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to crawl up. We're trying to crawl up. Yeah, out of the waves like bottom. Grab them. Yeah. And I think we there was a road that we could get up on. Yeah. yeah. And so I ended up falling through in t- by this tree, and I'm like, I remember that. Yeah. He, he ended up catching me, but um, we we found the only bare patch of ground <laughs> to camp on, and it was all surrounded by snow. Well, I think we had to even backtrack down a little bit to camp, yeah, didn't so, we? Yeah, because yeah, we went we up went a little fast, and... and then we came back. Yeah, like, well, we should probably stay there. Kind of the liquor wounds that night. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> were you wearing moccasins? Yeah, yeah. I was wearing. That just was when we had to cross a creek yeah. to start the hike. Yeah, so yeah. we were talking, and Taylor, we were all yeah. pumped on the way up there, and Taylor's <laughs> telling us about this. Um, basically el- elimination way of yeah. hiking where you basically less and less stuff yeah, yeah. less and less stuff each time minimalistic. you go out you yeah. minimalistic yeah. yeah so each time you go out you remove a piece of equipment and um, I do the opposite we <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. we find our place to camp we get a fire started it also fit my lifestyle because I was a poor grad student at the time yeah <laughs> you start justifying so it just happened yeah. less and less this is all I got yeah <laughs> oh so it's minimalistic camping yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> anyway sorry. it was a yeah. tough night sleep it was yeah, I froze my butt off it's it's cold night cold slept so cold coldest, how yeah. close did you guys get to each other we were in Alex's little Little octagon, yeah. pentagon tent thing, little five side tent. It was close. <laughs> Chris is trying to say we were all in the center. Taylor right? was in the middle. I know that because you're the tallest. I was. You had the lump. Yeah, I was in the middle. Yeah, and I was I was kept le- very warm. Well. <laughs> he, I can just see you with both your arms around these two. Hey man, I got I got no shame. It was cold. Yeah, I know that. yeah. no, not that night. The cold changed the man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the man can't change the cold. <laughs> no kidding. So. And then we wake up the next morning. We we probably only had like four hours of sleep. It was so 
It was pretty cold. Yeah. We stayed up cooking. I don't know what we even had to eat. We had these. Didn't we catch some fish? That was the next day, but we had, next MRE MRE we had whiskey and something the MRE. Yeah, and then yeah. short night sleep, get up and. Taylor is out there trying to start the fire, and he's shaking so <laughs> yeah, bad, yeah, he can't hands. even, like, start the fire. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Would you know, minimal minimal hiker. He's like, I'm like we would yeah. die. Shut up. <laughs> You'd be glad to know, incidentally, when you get your first job and start making a little bit of money, you find a happy medium between yeah. the two. <laughs> so, I still keep it pretty light, but um, yeah. I actually, that did help me find that. I found a really happy medium with my backpack, and it's pretty good. Yeah, I need yeah. to get there, because mine, mine keeps getting bigger. Yeah. I, I, That's I really don't Alex have was. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Alex had everything. I had everything. Yeah, you had the whole nine yards. Had we had the extremes, bag. and yeah. Chris was right in the middle. <laughs> I had, like, nothing. I had, like, a little Nike bag. Yeah. That's yeah you, had a, you had a gym bag with your... Um, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. I had a little Nike bag. That was it. And a fishing pole. Yep. Because yep. we made up to the lake the next day, and the next day was gorgeous, super yep. sunny out. And was... I didn't realize... Well, looking back on it, it was probably a little sketchier than what I thought at the time. Because yeah. Because the so. ice was frozen over, or... <laughs> it was a... Yes, the snowpack was still at least three <laughs> or four feet in areas. Yeah. And as we were kind of side-hilling up to the lakes... You could see channels of yeah. rivers that were forming underneath the yeah. snowpack. Mm-hmm. You're like going across. And the I'm talking enough to where, if, like, say, say you stepped in, or you fell in and laid down, it would shoot you, you underneath the snowpack for sure. Mm-hmm. It would have. Yeah. But so we were going and kind of checking and making yeah. sure it was good. I do remember that now. Yeah. yeah. We we got. Sketchy. I think we got lucky. I'd actually just say we got lucky that we didn't hit one of those. I don't think it would. Yeah, I don't know. I think we did. I mean, I think um, there's got to be an element of safe. Life. Yeah. I think it was safe. I think we were cautious enough. Yeah. You know, I had the trekking poles and we were... I remember when you pointed it out, though, because we discovered that Mm -hmm. something... They were like... We didn't know that going in. It was a river underneath the snow, basically. You can kind of see it. At some places, they were, you know, three to four feet wide. It was probably pretty deep. No, and I think you're accurate with saying, like, one of us got caught. We were... Getting shot underneath the snowpack. Yeah. Yeah. Make it up to the lake. The lake still had... The upper lake had no fish in it at all. Yeah. And then we realized that we were at the wrong lake and, yeah. and dropped back into the main lake. And the whole thing was frozen over. We're going, mm-hmm. great, we're going we're gonna to catch any fish. We came up here to do like some mountain fishing. Mm-hmm. And Chris mm-hmm. is being curious and he's walking the, the edge. Just a little part. And it was maybe it was a thawed. foot away from the uh, shore that was thawed. And so he has a black blue bugger and he starts... Just trolling yeah. along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were sitting there, and yeah. we just like, I got a fish. Yeah. We spent the next couple hours there oh, fishing, yeah. and yeah. we kept quite a few of them. That was, shirt, that was shirts off fishing. Yeah, you remember that? It was warm. It was warm. Yeah. So I think I took my shirt off, and you were like, oh, are we being men right now? <laughs> <laughs> are we being men? I got sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> we saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then we, we hiked back down yeah. and had um, trout, another MRE, yeah. and took a nap. Because it, yeah. it was That was warm. the best nap, right in the sun. Yeah. Next to a little fire. Did you guys cut the little creek? The little creek was no. going. We were just like, no, we didn't need I don't think we even meant to take, like, we weren't like, let's take a nap. No, I think we all happened. just fell asleep we right after happened. we ate, yeah. Did I, you have Abby then? No. Uh, she wasn't with us. Oh, no. I know that. Who's That's Abby? what I'm saying, though. That, those are fun things to talk about later. Yeah. In the moment, it's a little I remember we were like... sliding down that hill. We were, like, sliding down it. Oh, yeah. On our packs, I think. It was kind of sketchy, but we made it. It was a... Um... Yeah. 
It was a rock slide. Did you do slide. that? Did you go down a, that? It was a rock slide. Yeah, it was, was um, kind of sketchy, but we did. I had yeah. trekking poles, so when we go, yeah. it, was, it was pretty steep, and it was kind of that, that slushy mm -hmm. snow. It was pretty hard, yeah, so like that top down, layer was kind of slushy. Mm -hmm. And you basically, we basically sled it down. Yeah. Long ways. Yeah, yeah. that was, that was cool. But the lake, how it was unthawing, there was um, little channels that you could see, like, down into where, oh, yeah. like, it was getting deep. And that's where, when we were fishing, that's where you'd want your fly. It's like, you you try to get your fly to sink down past the ice to where it was dark, and then you would bring it up into the light. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's when they would hit. We caught a decent amount, I think. God. You fell in. I fell in. I'm sorry, you guys tried jumping. I didn't we, jump. I jumped really across the channel to get back Did onto you the jump? Shore. You made and then, it. And, and Taylor in. followed and kind of stepped too far. Yeah, too far, too close. I don't know what it was. But <laughs> a little I, heavier, maybe. I kind of fell in. Yeah. I think you went like right where I did. Yeah. It's always the second person. Well, yeah, I, I didn't do it because I didn't fall in. I got like, at the time, I probably had like 24 pounds on you. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just a little more athletic. <laughs> that was brief. I don't think we need to get into that conversation <laughs> right <laughs> now. <laughs> surprisingly athletic for my stature. You are you are surprisingly athletic. Yeah, I, I sneak up on you. You do. I wouldn't say more than me, per se, but... I would. <laughs> <laughs> he always will. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, man. Yeah. So well, we we really appreciate you coming on. We'll yeah. do this again for sure. Yeah. No, I love love being on. Yeah. This is actually pretty fun. Yeah. So, I, so I guess story. my second time. We'll have to yeah. actually do something with you in the out of doors. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> no, turkey season's coming. Turkey season. Going on. Yeah. When is uh, opening turkey? The April fifteenth. So do you guys want to hear something funny? Yeah. My whole goal last fall when I was turkey hunting was to get a turkey and send you guys a picture of me with my turkey. My whole goal this spring. After you just like all these achievements you've told us you've done, your experiences. No, no. I know, my whole goal this spring is to end up on the blind cast Instagram with my turkey. You go out with Chris, I'm the Tom Whisperer over here. Yeah. I've been working on my lonely hang call. Turkey Whisperer, yeah. I've been working on my feeding call, or no, not my feeding call, so my lonely hand call. That's all I've really been working on, so. I, um, I just know the, the regular pen pitch. I did the mouth call, and I got to sleep. Oh, Penny, see, I, I got the mouth call, and I, I literally, I have my mouth call in my car and my duck yep, call. That's what I do. And when I'm driving for a while, I, like, transition between the two, and I have a YouTube video going. I'm just practicing. I'm just nice. like, I'm getting those bastards this year. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get a new mouth call because Penny wanted to practice with mine, yeah. and it's all chewed up now. Yeah. So... Yeah, I got the slate and the mouth call. You like the slate. I, I remember it good. We were in the blind last year, yeah. and you were like, "So this, you got if you do these and this, and this you, yeah. <laughs> My uncle gave me good. a he gave me a chalk box call. Box call, yeah. box call. Those were good. And I, I tried that a little, and a, it takes a little fun. practice. Yeah, yeah, it was a little fun. And but it has one. The mouth call's a little easier. Yeah. I found, but, and I can't do it while I'm driving. The box call? The box oh, call, yeah. <laughs> Can't drive with my knees and do the box call. So. That's what we should do. When you eat your turkey this year, you can come back on. Yeah, like, oh, tell us about that. It's, it's what I'm planning. Maybe we'll, 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 we might be with you this time. It's, one of it's my whole goal. I'm going out. Actually, if you guys do want to come, I'm going opening weekend. 
and I've got a co-worker's property that I'm going on. He's got eight acres, and then his neighbor lets, his, lets him hunt on his land, too. Perfect. He said he's been seeing yeah, turkey okay. everywhere. Hmm. I'd be down. Yeah, so let me... But uh, you've been finding some turkey spots. I haven't found anything. I found oh. a tick. You've been... Beware. Ticks are out ticks already. Are I found out. a tick what on my, my March neck. 25th? Oh, ticks are out? Jeez. Sitting there, scratch my head, thought it was a scab, pull off. It's a freaking tick. No way. Did you check everywhere after that? I checked everywhere. I checked Mason. Not a single tick. It's kind of weird. Mason's a tick magnet. It's kind of weird. I huh. I think I mean the snow's on the ground, so maybe they're a little higher up, maybe, still. Mm. They're not on the... I don't know. Not in the brush. It does seem too early for ticks. I don't know. I got one. One lone tick. Mm. It's the one you know of. I'm itchy thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I know. So, yeah. Yeah. All my nooks and crannies. Yeah, I have. I hate this. And on that note, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, and then we'll catch you from another cast in the blind. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's good, yeah. Yeah. Beware of ticks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed another episode of Blindcast. If you haven't already, you can follow us on Instagram at Blindcast1. Again, that's Blindcast1 on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and hope you tune in next time for another cast from the blind.